Welcome to Mindset Reset Radio. I'm your host, Jess, and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you get intentional in life and business. So if you're feeling stuck, you're looking for inspiration, or you just want to be reminded that you're not alone on this crazy entrepreneurial journey, you've landed in the right place. You can join our community of intention getters on Instagram at Jessica Thiefels, that's me, and you can learn more about how I can support you in business and mindset at jessicathiefels.com. Finally, if you love what you hear, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I'll be forever grateful. Now, sit back, grab a journal, and get ready to start living with intention. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Mindset Reset Radio. We are here with Brian Littman, who is the founder of Hasu Flower, a company that aimed at making mindfulness accessible by integrating a micro-meditation tablet into the routine of meditation novices and experts alike. He was the creator of the business model and various iterations of the products while teaching mindfulness techniques to children in after-school programs in Connecticut. Prior to launching Hasu, Brian Littman started his career in commercial production with Advertising Hall of Fame director Bob Giraldi. At the Leo Burnett Agency, he produced the iconic, you will know this, Mayhem campaign for Allstate, which was inducted into the Madison Avenue Advertising Walk of Fame in 2011. During his time in commercial production, he also went on to create award-winning work for clients such as Chase, Verizon, MailChimp, Under Armour, and the New York Times. His work has been celebrated and recognized in multiple advertising competitions, and he is here with us today to not talk about advertising, actually, but part two of your career, micro meditation and mindfulness. Welcome, Brian. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah. It's, uh, it's um, a, mem- a trip down memory lane talk, thinking about the advertising. It's uh, totally. It's yeah. been a while. It's been a while. It's and it's fun. I don't know if you actually listened to the podcast Second Life. Have you ever listened mm-hmm. to it? No. So it's I I can't remember the name of the host, but she interviews all different people from celebrities to non-celebrities, usually CEOs and founders, about their second life. And usually they've had a life doing X and then they have a complete career transition. And it sounds like we're in your second life right now, which is this new business and space and work and amazing exactly it's it exactly so it's um you know it was sort of a parallel life for a while um you know you find yourself in advertising um and it's it's a it's an it's a grind um Mm -hmm. especially the the more you do and the more productions you do um and uh, i was lucky enough to work with some really really amazing people and work on some some great campaigns um and it's actually i think kind of ironic that mayhem was sort of the the it was a it was a really amazing time a period in your career um producing those and um you know i feel like i was lucky enough to have that um but it's also i think considering that i've moved into mindfulness it's interesting that mayhem was <laughs> the sort of like the definition of advertising and you kind of need the mindfulness to go along with it absolutely yeah the universe is always working in very funny ways right <laughs> giving us mm-hmm. little signs and pointers even though we don't always know what they are yeah. So give us, I normally say, tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do, but why don't you more specifically just give us a little bit about how you went from advertising to Hasu. So like, you know, give us a little bit about yeah. that for you. So, um, you know, as I said, um, 
you kind of go on a bit of a journey in advertising. If you you find the right group and you you get on the right campaigns, and I think it was a it was an interesting time, and you end up working a ton, mm-hmm. which is a great problem, which is a great problem to have. But no one really trains you then for the balancing of the 360 picture, the the getting on a you know doing an amazing campaign, but also having kids, you know, uh, starting a family life, um, balancing it all out. And, you know, I saw myself, I think, struggling a little bit with um, different aspects of transitioning back home, wandering thoughts, just, or maybe self-talk thing, you know, things that you find yourself doing and you're like, can I, is, is there a better way at this? I guess you could say. And so um, I had a, you know, traveling back and forth from New York to different productions, you have a lot, there's a lot of downtime. And I started investigating mindfulness exercises 15 years ago Mm -hmm. to try and kind of run parallel with my career. Um, So I could try and, I would try and understand more about mindfulness, meditation, and things that I could actually do and exercises that I could actually do to sort of help balance this, you know, balance it out. Mm -hmm. And then, and so I'd always been interested um, in meditation. I had been doing it for a very long time to act as that balance, because once you sort of feel the the calmness that one can Mm -hmm. feel by reducing your wandering thoughts, really focusing in on your breath, I don't think there's a, a more calm place that someone could it's 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 like nothing you've ever done Mm -hmm. and so um once i experienced that i sort of had that practice along and then eventually my wife i left advertising and my wife and i started a design firm focused on the healthcare industry and uh, we were using human-centered design to sort of help healthcare companies elevate their processes or tools or experiences and much like in advertising, we approached, I guess, Hasu and starting and looking into meditation aids almost started as like a pro bono job, I guess you could say. You know, the pandemic had hit and people who had known that I had a meditation routine were coming to ask, you know, for tips because meditation real and mindfulness really started coming into the forefront of people's mind when we start talking about mental health during the pandemic. And my wife and I decided to almost like a, yeah, like a pro bono project. Let's look at meditation aids. Let's see if we can work with what meditation aids do to help one focus your mind and can we use design to make it more relevant to the way that we live today? And that's sort of where we started um, the process. So that, and that's, I'll end there because it kind of gives you that that flow from from advertising and almost using some of the tools that you do in advertising, project based tools, pro, you know, things like that to get you to a new idea. Yeah, I love that. It's so. I, so many people I speak with in the mental health, mental wellness, mindfulness space often come from that personal experience and from people just in their immediate circle recognizing like, oh, you do this. How can I do this too? And they're like, wait, maybe I can build a business out of this. It's such a common experience, which is 
so interesting to think how so many of us are called to this work in ways that we don't know that we're going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that you designed that. And I want to talk about what that is, but I want to first start with this idea of micro meditation and tell yeah. me, tell me where that came in, what it means. Like, give me a little overview of, of what we're thinking about here. So, you know, over the years, I think you learn as you look into meditation and mindfulness, you you meet a lot of amazing people and and learn so much and pick up. I, w- I don't want to diminish it by saying tips or tricks or something like that, but there's methods and there. This isn't you know. There's so much out there that that you can learn to ways to sort of focus your mind and do it more efficiently. And I've picked up and I've learned so much from so so many people that you then sort of start putting it all together in your own way, I guess. And so micro meditation is sort of a new, I would almost consider it a new sort of word or a new sort of subject that I'm, that you see out there more. But I think it really comes, it starts back when you talk about calming rituals. Calming rituals, you know, really are ways to, for people to get to your breath, to, you know, when you learn meditation or when you're learning how to practice mindfulness, one of the most crucial things that you can really achieve is being able to get to your breath. And by that, I mean, focus on your breath with reduced wandering thoughts at the right, you know, at a level breathing, you know, your breathing is such that you're, you know, you're calm. And then being able to sustain that for a little bit. And that's sort of in meditation. It's kind of like owning the middle of the chessboard, I guess you can say. From there, right, you're sort of in a position, if you can get to your breath and reduce wandering thoughts, you can then further, you can then transition. You can transition to a mantra. You can then transition to maybe a contemplation of emptiness, right? You can transition to just present moment awareness, a a contemplation of present moment awareness. But it all starts, but if you try and short circuit getting to your breath, that further contemplation isn't as stable and one, and you'll find that it's harder to do. And most people, I think, try and short change that first calming ritual. Now, so a lot of people who meditate, and and me included, you find, you experiment with different calming rituals. Maybe it's incense. Maybe it's, you know, beads. Maybe it's a flame. Maybe it's a bell. So, and those are really things that you can anchor your attention on to sort of focus your attention as you sort of calm yourself down from just the hubbub of your busy day. Um, So, I think what's happening now with micro meditation, it's almost this idea that that calming ritual in itself is also a valuable exercise for two reasons. One, when done correctly, it is in itself a calming feeling. Two minutes of sort of a short breath exercise when your focus is to reduce your wandering thoughts can give you a much calmer feeling at the end of that than when you started. So that's one. And the second thing is, is that for people who are looking to then build 
to get to a longer meditation practice, right? It's sort of the, the, it's the foundation of it. So if you're able to practice getting to your breath in roughly two minutes or, you know, in that time period or a micro time period, you can then use that to then anchor onto if you decide to then take this to, you know, take it one step further and then maybe prolong the focus on your breath to five minutes. And then maybe after that five minutes, you pro- you then transition to a broader state contemplation of your whole body sitting there. So it, micro meditation, I find is an excite. It's sort of this exciting way of looking at it because it opens up all these possibilities to bring meditation longer than just sitting on a cushion for 30 minutes, but more than, but it, but it gives a little bit more rigor to the idea of what it is that you might be doing in your office or, you know, somewhere else to, as a, as a ritual, meaning like you're, you, there is intention there to sort of focus and calm and calm the wandering thoughts in your head and get to your breath. Yeah, I love that. I love putting, um, you know, a, a phrasing around that experience that so many of us of us have had. My initial thought is, what do you say to listeners who are hearing this and they're like, "Oh, perfect! I don't have time to meditate, so I'll just micro meditate." When, like, realistically, the whole point of meditation is to see that slowing down can be, or a part of meditation is seeing that slowing down can be powerful and people that are resistant to slowing down basically. And they're like, oh good, I'll just do two minutes and then I can check the box. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Um, it's a great question. Um, my, what I would say is the first thing is, you know, we don't maybe recognize it as much because I feel like what we think of as being calm or, you know, um, yeah, I could just say being calm is, you know, are that level of emotion, that emotional state, what we perceive as calm is actually a lot more elevated, I think, now than it used to be. And I feel like on the one hand, a short two-minute exercise is a great way to check in with yourself and kind of see how far you might be from from what you might want to consider your calm state. So if you're at work, you're you're feeling you know, you're, or if you're and I'll, and I'll use work just because I, this is just because of the subject yeah. matter of the website. I'll say like if you're at work and you're you know it's a good way to check in with yourself for two minutes to be like, oh wow, I really was a little bit more agitated or I was, there was a lot more activity than I thought going on because you're able to measure yourself down to like this idea of how, how hard is it for me to really reduce those Mm -hmm. wandering thoughts and how, and in what kind of timeline am I doing it in? Mm -hmm. So I feel like those exercises are valuable, right? And I also feel like it's valuable because if you're able to practice that exercise of reducing your wandering thoughts and getting to your breath, the practice can only help you when when and if you decide to take it further okay mm-hmm. that being said i mean it will you know it will only do so much right. you know what i mean like the whole process of meditation um is something that just takes 
time. And just takes time, I want to say, you know, in terms of the amount of time that you do it for how long you've been doing it, in terms of days and weeks and months. And it's that repetition of constantly coming back. But also, like, if you really want to reduce the swelling, I guess you can say that's happening emotionally in your body, you know, it will, it does take time. And therefore, the longer you take at it, the more you'll reduce your time. And then I would also then say, um, so I, I do believe that there is a time and place for longer meditations as well. I also believe that maybe the workplace and things like that are not the right places for that because it's almost unrealistic to, you know, or, you, know you, you, and so therefore I think, you know, doing it for maybe a shorter amount of time is a great way to check in. The last thing I would say on that is also, it's not only just the exercise itself. The question becomes then, what do you fill that reduced area with after you're done? Because I think that many people say like, okay, I'm going to do a meditation or I'm going to you know, have a mindfulness exercise and they might do the breath work and then they might feel that reduced sort of um, activity. But now what do you do with that space? What's your next, what's the next activity you're going to do? I think meditation as I was talking about before, is about transitions, you know, transitioning, like starting off with your breath, getting that layer, and then transitioning almost like you're going from one, um, like, a, like from one, you know, rung to another rung, you're transitioning then to maybe a broader contemplation. And then maybe you're transitioning to a broader, you know, um, contemplation. If you go on, and then as you're doing that, you're you're getting calmer and calmer and calmer. But then what do you fill it? You know, so when you're done, what do you fill that with? That's almost the next transition. Can you elongate that feeling of calmness when you then re, you know approach your work, approach, you know, go your kids and and transition correctly into that? Or do you then just go right back to what was stressing, you know, right back to what was going on before? Yeah. And I think that's in my mind, that's the argument against the people who might say like, oh, I don't, I don't have time. I'll just do a quick two minute micro meditation. And I think the argument is the, even just adding five or 10 minutes and actually sitting in that quiet space is what's actually going to help you create that calm in every other area of your life. Because if you go into it saying, I don't have time for this, I'm going to just, I'm just going to sit for two minutes, just really quick. And then you just jump out the gate because you just don't have quote unquote have time. Like you said, like, how are you, you're moving into that next phase with that same intensity and you're just boop, right back filled yeah. up with that anxiety, that stress, that, you know, whatever. And, and honestly, I mean, the idea that we don't have time is a, I mean, you could say that that's just a, a wandering thought that once you're able to recognize that that's your, you know, your mind sort of playing tricks on you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I love, uh, I love 10% um, uh, happier. You know, it's one of my, you know, I, I think that's such a great book. And I love his first section where he says, you know, the, the original title was supposed to be something like, you know, the person inside my head is a real jerk. Mm -hmm. It's true. And that's probably the person that's telling you, you don't have time, right? So even just taking two minutes to just separate yourself from that person in your head or that thought 
is a it's a it, it could be a healthy um, experience. Absolutely, yeah, I love that point, point. Um, and I also love Ten Percent Happier in his podcast. Um, so thinking about, we love this idea of micro meditation and you kind of gave some examples earlier, but I want to be more specific. Like, so the idea of it is we're taking like, even at work or, you know, quickly between meetings or something, you take like two minutes. What could a micro meditation look like? Are we just tuning into our breath? Do we have an anchor point? Do we like, I'm sure there are a million ways to do it. Right. So can you give us a couple examples of how we might start using this tool? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think what you say, where you're going is exactly right. I mean, what we're really talking about is, you know, the ability to, you know, check in with ourselves at different times of the day. And through that process of checking in, try and engage where we feel, you know, where we are emotionally and how agitated or almost you could say dysregulated we are, whether we feel that way or we don't, right? Because then a lot of the times you might not even see it, but you're you're moving at you know you're you're going at such a pace that if you were to really try and check in, the fact that it might be harder at that moment is an indication that, you know, you know, it's a it is an indication that it's time just to calm down or it, it could work. So what happens is, is you say, okay, well then how can I, you know, what's the steps to do this, right? How can I go from one handle, you know, from one rung to the next rung? And really just with the idea of getting to my breath, you know, with reduced wandering thoughts and sustain that to a place where I, you know, and sustain that. And a lot of people use meditation aids um, and that's where they kind of um, come in. And so you could, and there's so many amazing aids out there um, for different sort of um, environments, I guess you could say. Um, there are aids that that have visual cues that, that time light to breath. There are um, count, you know, bead counters. There's neck, you know, there's all different kinds of stuff that you can use. And really the way to use it is use whatever sense it's working with, whether it's sight, sound, smell for incense, touch, you know, use whatever sense, scent, sense it's focusing on and use that as an anchor point to start the process of reducing those thoughts and calming them, right? At that point, once that starts to get once that anchor has kind of pulled you in and starts to take effect and you get more comfortable focusing on that sense at that point you can then start to transition to your breath and then sort of use that to elongate the experience so that would be your first transition and that's where something like hasu comes in hasu is a meditation aid, but rather than using your sense of um, sight or sound like a bell or incense, you know, we designed it to include your sense of smell and your sense of mouthfeel. Mouthfeel is one of those senses uh, that is a, it's a big anchor point 
that's not really ever that's not utilized much if you can say that um you know i mean like look it's the first thing that we're given to try and soothe ourselves as a pacifier a lot of people smoke i mean like so we have a lot of oral you know anchorage in our you know when it comes to our mouth so the idea is you take this tablet and it, each one has a smell. Uh, one smells like mint. One smells like ginger. One smells like um, vanilla. And they t and they have the obviously they taste that way as well. And so you take three or four intentional breaths, really just to focus on your your breath. Then you put it in your mouth, and the second you put it in your mouth, it starts to dissolve, and it feels like it's melting in your mouth. And what that does is it creates an anchor point to focus on. And so when you're there and your eyes are closed and you're almost looking down towards your mouth at this, you know, experience that's happening, but, you know, you, you, it provides you the ability to start reducing wandering thoughts because it, for example, like you might have the, you might have the urge to chew. You might have the urge to swallow. Those are thoughts just like, I don't have enough time, or I have an itch. And so it, it, it shows, it's able to differentiate the idea of saying like, everything else other than that experience is a wandering thought. I'm going to focus my attention here. And then once you're able to do that, then you're able to start, then you can then move right to your breath where it's all sort of focused on where your, your attention is very closely focused already. And so that's sort of the process. Now we design this in a way that I don't think, you know, keep, it's not really, if you're, if you're going back to office or you're doing something like that, you don't want to necessarily have to like light incense in your room. You don't, you know, people don't walk around with their yoga mats. Uh, it's just not a, it's just not viable for the way that we live, and nor are a lot of the you know older ways in which you know uh, you know visual cues were established to remind us. So what we wanted to do is create something that was a little more subtle, a little bit more, um, but also stay true to the the principles of mindfulness. And it's not just you know it's not something that is a is thinking about the idea of being calm it's actually an exercise that you can do to be calm yeah and i actually i remember reading something a long time ago some random place in passing about when you're focused on your physical body when you're when you're in your physical body you're not in your head so like that's like for me i love body scan meditations because like it's mm. so difficult for my well my mind will want to wander but if i focus on the body parts as they're saying them it's harder for my mind to break away and wander because I'm literally thinking about this body part. And I get the same idea with your product, with your meditation aid, that it's like when you're focused on the physical sensation of the product in your mouth, it's harder for your mind to wander from the that physicality. And, you know, it's interesting. I Body scans for me are um, very powerful as well as an anchor point. But I found after a lot of, you know, after a lot of trial and error was I would, if I, if I came home from work and I said, I'm going to do a 30 minute minute, like you say, I was going to schedule this time to meditate for 30 minutes or however, you know, whenever you decided to do it, 
if I tried to do a body scan as my first stage, it's very difficult for me. Um, contemplation, you know what I mean? Uh, to have my mind focused to go from my top to bottom was very, very difficult right off the bat. Um, whereas a bell or a flame was a much more uh, grounding anchor point for me to start with because something like a bell the idea that it was using um, my sense of sound you know hearing but also the idea that it had this diminishing effect where you would focus on something that was naturally you know dissolving into nothing was a nice way for me to sort of transition to my breath naturally. We tried to, and that was part of what we tried to do when we were talking, when we were developing Hasu was we wanted something that you would put in your mouth, but faded into nothing that would essentially just naturally help you transition to your breath because there was genuinely nothing left of the aid. The aid itself was you know, that had this ability to be something and then completely go away. Yeah, I love that idea. This and the visualization itself, like the visual of that idea of it sort of dissolving. And it makes, as you've talked about it this whole time, like this transition into the next phase of the experience. Like it makes sense that, I'm, you know, I see it as like, you know, water, a waterfall falling into like the water below it. Yes, exactly. Really cool. I actually, you know, it's interesting. I've been into meditation and mindfulness for, you know, much of my adult life, I guess you could say at this point. Um, and I've never really thought about the idea of meditation aids and also how they can be a part of this micro meditation. So I, I really like the idea of that. And I think it's probably also very supportive for people who have been hesitant to do meditation. And they're like, I can't just sit down and start breathing and shut my brain off. And this is such a wonderful way to ease your brain off and sort of get oh, into yeah. that deeper state. And I, so great. I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, guided meditation is, is definitely the most, um, successful form, mm -hmm. successful way. I mean, that's why you have, um, even in Buddhism, you have masters I and mean, you've got to learn from something, you know, it's unless you're just you know, you can really just see the music kind of right. thing. And yeah. you're, like, you're like the Dalai Lama. Like, you know, we're just not born that way. So yeah. the idea that, um, you know, the idea that you can use something like an aid to really just guide you into what is such an such a personal process, I guess you could say. And so, you know, like even just, and, and a lot of times I think we don't even recognize the most simple things. Like for example, the most common aid is a timer because, you know, if you're not trying to meditate, you know, if you're not trying to practice this with some sort of guide to how long time is passing, you'll never really be able to quiet your mind to say, Am I done yet? How long have I been doing this for? When when should I stop? You know, like all that kind of stuff. So the easiest thing to do is timer. I mean, it's it's so important that I mean, you know, Buddhism's almost made a it, they've ritualized the process of timers and and bells because it is such a key aspect of this. Mm -hmm. So even with something like Hasu, 
We wanted to do something that would genuinely give you a guided experience, including something like time. So the and so what we did was we did a lot of development and R and D on how long it took for the tablet to dissolve. Mm -hmm. We made the tablet in a 3D printer in Los Angeles, and we worked with the density of it to try and really give someone enough time that they're able to calm, quiet their mind, but not too long that it became almost undoable. Like, right. you know what I mean? And so you know the exercise is done when the tablet is gone. And that takes about a minute and a half to two minutes. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, meditation aids have a, a real place to play, um, especially for a lot of people learning um, and wanting to learn mm -hmm. um, because they, you know, but then again, there are some principles that I don't think maybe meditation aids do um, well enough in explaining to sort of incorporate their aid into the, just the general um, right. practice of meditation and what you should be looking to build towards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The education piece, which is yeah. so important, especially people who probably really want to use them often are probably people who are newer to it and they're looking for that support in learning and understanding. Um, well, this has been super insightful for me. I am, I'm actually very excited. I have some samples of Hasu actually in my kitchen. So I'm going to test those out for sure in the next few days. And before we shift gears, though, if there was one thing listeners walked away with, uh, away from this conversation with, like nothing but this one thing, what might that be? Um, I would I would say the importance of just checking in with yourself every now and then. I think, um, you know, we don't do enough of that. And when I say check in with yourself throughout the day, it does, it's not like a, you know, a scheduled thing, but um, the ability to check in with yourself and see sort of how you're feeling compared to uh, other, you know, other times and being able to reference, you know, oh, wow, I am feel I am a little bit more, you know, dysregulated or wow, I am feeling very calm right now. It's a great, it's a great exercise to do, you know, and make a habit of. And I think elongate, you know, checking in with yourself and then that calm that you get, elongating that is really the practice of of mindfulness and meditation. Yeah. And that and I feel like so many people are you know, experts in meditation who are very experienced will tell you like meditation is a practice, no matter how long you've been doing it for, you're, you're not going to do it. There's no way to quote unquote, do it perfect first and foremost. But like, even if you've been doing it for 10 years, there's going to be times where you're going to have to really come back and you're going to have to really get out of that monkey mind and that monkey brain. And, um, I think reframing our way of our perspective around it as it is a practice and it will always be a practice. And that's just what it is. That's, that's being human. <laughs> that's having a brain. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's, I think, you know, part of the micro meditation to say it is a practice. So here's a, so even two minutes, mm -hmm. it will give you the ability and the confidence to know that eventually when you decide or when you want to, or when you're ready to, 
you know, expand from there, you've got the basics down. Now it's really, okay, I was able to use that to check in with myself every so often, but now I'm going to use that same exercise to, you know, once I get to my breath, I'm going to elongate that for a little bit for five yeah. minutes. Right? Mm-hmm. And then from there, elongate it, you know, and, and go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, shifting gears a little bit, as we always do, um, tell us what you're getting intentional about right now. Um, with Hasu, um, we've actually been really intentional with Zen rooms. Um, Mm. you know, we've been, we kind of had to be very specific about what we're focused on because we're, we're really in that phase of just trying to work with as many people as we can help Mm. people get to their, and really on that practice of getting to their breath, um, whether it's with people, you know, employees or um, kids or parents, but we found that um, one of the most exciting stuff has been just Zen rooms. Um, having something in the Zen room like Hasu to okay, someone's gone into maybe a, a Zen room in the office, or they've made a little Zen room in their home. It's like giving yourself the permission to experiment with different things. And it's like, okay, here's a short little thing that I could actually do that I can rely on. Um, so we've been focused on Zen rooms and finding other meditation aids that we feel in addition to Hasu really work in those sort of environments and, and can help people, you know, who are just starting out or who want to be able to find a, a stronger anchor at the office um, to to practice, especially considering that many people are starting to return to the office and they're probably mm-hmm. trying to transition their, whatever they were doing at home to, you know, to now fit, you know, in their away office instead of their home office. Yeah, totally. That makes so much sense. And where can listeners connect with you outside of the podcast? We are on Instagram at uh, time hashtag uh, or no, not hashtag time for Hasu, mm-hmm. uh, H-A-S-U. And then um, we are also at hasuflower.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for being here with us, Brian. This was so insightful and really supportive. I, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for having me on. It was great to talk to you. Absolutely. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We'll catch you on another episode of Mindset Reset Radio.